Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Stephen Hayes. And Stephen, some amazing stuff up on the hill this morning. And I just want you to know before you start, this is not a monkey court. This is a podcast. A monkey court. That was one of several highlights from the testimony this morning, uh, which has been, I think, you know, remarkable in part because it's filled with jargon that I'm sure a lot of people don't understand, myself included, but not filled with many answers. We really haven't gotten many answers from these contractors about the reasons for the problem, the sources for the problem, who is responsible within uh, CMS, within the Obamacare administration more broadly, but it's been clear at least from their point of view, that they're not responsible for any of it. It's bizarre to me. I, you know, when I see the uh, the political machinations and what that monkey court uh, comments that will live in infamy was inspired by was one of the people uh, asking questions was really using it as a chance to to campaign, if you will. He was making the arguments I would make on a talk radio show. And I don't understand that. It seems to me the facts are so awful that the Republicans would simply sit and methodically go through the facts. They would do themselves the most good. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's the, the one mistake is when, when they are getting overheated. I mean, this is sort of a dynamic of congressional hearings, right? Because every member of Congress who's asking questions or in many cases uh, making a statement wants to be the member of Congress who's featured on the evening news. So it's a process that lends itself to kind of, uh, you know, vituperations by these members rather than the slow, methodical, almost prosecutorial line of questioning that you're suggesting. But the facts in this case are very damning, and they get complicated a little bit when Republicans don't just ask the questions in a straightforward way. You know, it's interesting to me, uh, we've seen the bar go so low, you know, three and a half years uh, 640 some million dollars uh, information that the White House was instructing them. You must set it up so people can't shop without their personal information. And then after that w- became publicized, they flipped and changed their mind and forced the uh, the contractor to have to, in essence, start over f- from when it comes to interfacing with this website. Are, is there anything left to shock us? Is that what's working in Obama's favor is that it's so incredibly awful? No matter what you tell us, it can't surprise us anymore. I mean, I just, I, I think, you know, there's a basic level of competence that people expect from everything, even government. I mean, even in a, a country that is still skeptical of, of government, uh, there's there's an expectation for a very basic level of competence. And the fact that 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 hasn't been delivered in this case, and that nobody has any answers. I mean, clearly, clearly somebody inside the, the massive bureaucracy that is HHS or the slightly less massive bureaucracy that is CMS knows exactly what happened here. And we're not, the White House isn't providing that information. They're not answering questions. They're referring any question on any issue of substance back to HHS. HHS then isn't answering those questions and often referring people to CMS. I mean, it's sort of the typical runaround that reporters and others get when they try to get basic information out of a government when something has gone wrong. And in this case, the incompetent level is so high on virtually every aspect of this uh, that, you know, there's no prospect in in the near-term future that we're going to get any kind of answers because nobody wants to own up to the mistakes that were made. It is the value of the power of the presumption of suck. Once you can convince everyone you're supposed to (laughs) suck, they just just wander off and leave you alone. And you speak of what we don't know. I would just remind you, we still don't know where President Obama was when Benghazi occurred, who told him about it, and what he said. 
this more than a year right. afterwards. I want to move back to the well, president. If you, if you go to the, let me just briefly, if I can, if you, if you watch the hearings, I mean, the, the irony to me is that the Democrats are basically making two arguments. They seem to have coordinated this in advance so that they're all using the same, uh, the same talking points. Sure. One argument is that Republicans sabotage this. Well, I don't think anybody's going to buy that. I mean, Republicans have opposed this from the beginning. They certainly don't want to, to do anything to make it easier uh, that Obamacare succeed, but at the same time, they have nothing to do with the the uh, effectiveness of the website. I mean, it's it's sort of a preposterous uh, non sequitur. The second argument they're making to me is <clears throat> even more baffling. They're pointing back to challenges uh, that faced Medicare Part D nearly a decade ago, um, and and in effect making the argument, if you strip it of all its its uh, its externalities. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, government is messy and it doesn't often work. I mean, that's the argument Democrats have been reduced <laughs> to making. Look, all of these big government programs stink. It's the power it's of really the presumption of suck. Argument. It's once you yeah. buy, once you buy into, we're not supposed to be very good at what we do. Then you, in essence, it bores people with the conversation because, well, of course, he stinks. Of course, it is. And but the struggling, the 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 part that stuns some people on the right is that the same American people who will say, "I know the government is awful at everything they do," will also turn around and say, "And that's why we should give it more things to do." And that's what we can't figure out. President Obama right. is he going to have any sort? of uh, of delay of the requirement that you pay the tax if you aren't insured. Is that requirement, the mandate part of the mandate, going to be delayed at all, Stephen Hayes? Uh, we will see. I, I wish I could give you a, a direct answer on that. I think it depends to a large part on whether the momentum that we've seen building, and it's come in sort of fits and starts, on that particular question continues to grow. So you had Joe Manchin, uh, you know, three and a half weeks ago, suggest that he was open to that kind of a delay. In recent days, you've had uh, others uh, in largely red states or competitive states on in the Senate, uh, Democrats say that they could be open to doing that. Um, I, you know, obviously that presents huge challenges because it's it's uh, if if the individual mandate is delayed, obviously it has potential, uh, pretty serious potential implications on the ability of the administration to uh, carry out the rest of the law and implement the rest of the law without that. Um, and, but at, on the, on the same, uh, at the same time, it's very difficult to imagine that they can continue to do this without a delay because they would in effect be punishing people for failing to uh, sign up for something when it's the government's fault they can't sign up for it. So it's a huge political problem, and, and you know it's it's unclear whether you know the administration at this point wants to just continue to sort of put its head down and plow ahead, or whether they're actually taking some uh, some time to look at possibilities of of some kind of a broader delay. I will say just as a footnote, you know, for those of us who are arguing that that you know Republicans would have been wise to push an individual delay request and tie it to the debt ceiling, you know, months and months ago. And sometimes when you made that suggestion, you were laughed at by that sort of know-it-all crowd in Washington. You said, oh, the administration would never consider that. It's, a, it's absurd, blah, blah, blah. But the argument that we were making then, and I think it certainly applies now, is that the, the criticism that the White House was hearing on 
Obamacare on the implementation, on the rollout, on the computer systems, was not coming just from Republicans or even primarily from Republicans. These are concerns that we now have confirmed. I mean, we were reporting this in the Weekly Standard back at the time, but we now have seen this confirmed in spades. These are concerns that were being driven up the bureaucracies at HHS, at Treasury, at IRS, at virtually everywhere, at CMS, where people were saying, this isn't ready and it could fail if you push it forward. They disregarded that anyway. I think they would have potentially been open to some kind of a delay had Republicans uh, pushed that in, in some sort of a concerted and, and smarter strategic way. Back to a specific question. I've seen reports that the White House is talking about a delay of just a few weeks. And then, of course, you have proposals that there be uh, you know, a delay. I love how they're saying we're not going to delay the mandate. We're simply just going to take away any punishment for failing to meet the mandate. So you can choose to follow the mandate or not. <laughs> But is the possibility of a six-week delay or a four-week delay, something like that, is that uh, being actively pursued by the White House as far as you know? I don't know if it's being actively pursued. I mean, the White House made what they are describing as a tweak to the, to the possibility that folks would be, uh, would be penalized because uh, of a timing problem. It's basically a calendar problem that the White House is suggesting where you would have been uh, fined if you didn't have insurance for three months in the first-year period. And but the final enrollment date wasn't done until March 31st, which is longer than three months. So in effect, what the White House is saying is we just reconciled. We just fixed that small right. problem. It's a minor problem. We had to fix it anyway. And and they're trying to downplay the significance of that or any suggestion that this would lead to longer or broader uh, delays in the individual mandate. You have to say, though, I mean, that's a pretty basic math problem. This is something that, you know, uh, <laughs> Jim Capretta and Yuval Levine and others have raised in the Weekly Standard. You know, that, that problem isn't new. We've known about it for a while. Uh, people have been making the argument. Did anybody stop and, and think that, that the time frames that were being discussed on that didn't correspond with one another? I mean, it, it seems to me a very basic, basic issue, and yet it's been allowed to, to sort of hang out there for, for years. Will there be a delay supported by Democrats and presented to the White House uh, in the next few weeks, Stephen Hayes? Depends if Democrats in the Senate push it. Now, uh, several of them have suggested that they're open to it. Mm-hmm. I think for you know political reasons, they're going to face heat back in their home states, red states, uh, or purple states. Uh, but does any Democrat really say, I'm going to make my name on pushing for a delay. And I think if you can get a prominent Democrat, if if Joe Manchin really decides that he's going to make this his cause, be a good cause for him to do in West Virginia, um, and tries to rally support among his Democratic colleagues, um, which would give it sort of a bipartisan patina, I think that then you really could have uh, that kind of a a delay. Steve Hayes, thanks so much for your time. We, We really appreciate it. Anytime, Michael. Thanks. Thanks so much. This has been the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.